Podcast. A Magical Myth Entertainment Production. Hosted by Miss Nikki Kirby. Co-hosted by Saul Ravencraft. Sponsored by Ever Moving Lee Rise and Moonlight Potions and Charms. Executive Producer Nikki Kirby. Welcome to Witch Chat Chats. Come on in and sit for a spell. We're sponsored by Ever Moving We Rise, Moonlight Potions and Charms, and Saul Ravencraft, Wizard for Hire. I am your amazing goddess host, Miss Nikki Kirby, and our fabulous co-host. Now, what's his name? Hmm. He's a chaos magician. He's also a technical guru. His name is Saul Ravencraft. How you doing, Saul? A technical guru. That means I bend technology into unusual shapes. <laughs> Hold that pose while we record. <laughs> well, and it feels that way sometimes. There's all kinds of picky little things. Uh, the show last time, there was something weird with the audio that I had to deal with, and there was some overlap going between your soundtrack and mine. And I had to go and isolate your audio for each and every bit of it. Um, and uh, today we're fine. I've got that fixed today. <laughs> you just never know the, the kinds of things that, that you're going to have to deal with. And that's always a way to make it work. There's always a way. Uh, but you gotta, uh, you have to be flexible. <laughs> and it also helps to know the old ways. Just, just mm. like in magic. Knowing the old ways. Uh, I've been involved in technology for a long time. And so I know the ways things were done before TikTok. Uh, I know the ways things were done before, uh, uh, you know, the iPhone, <laughs> all of that. Yeah. And every once in a while, there's a problem that is solved by reaching back to that earlier knowledge and going, okay, well, this is a little weird, but we can do it this way uh, and make it work. Uh, and, and, yeah, you know, I, I think that, I mean, you and I have talked in the past about how your entry into the world of, of magic and manifestation, because you didn't have the same access, you didn't have the, the same opportunity as some people did, that it, it gave you some extra foundations there. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Well, you know, it did. It's just like we didn't have the Internet. I mean, that was c coming up when I was just getting into college and into high school back then. And it was only for like um, schools. That was it. That was what the Internet was for. It wasn't for to Facebook did not exist. Whoa. Facebook right. didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? What did you right. what What did you do? Write people letters? <laughs> oh my God! Yes, it's just like phones. They were on the wall. Called them long distance on the telephone, and that actually cost you out the 
pass back. Oh, yeah. Know. That proved how much you liked someone by, by making okay. that long-distance phone call. Yeah, you call somebody in China that was over $100 for, like, what, five minutes? Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, yeah. see, you kids, you have got it so easy. <laughs> Your planet is catching on fire, but look what you didn't have to deal with. <laughs> oh my god speaking of fire so so you know we've been dealing with horrendous heat you've been dealing with storms i envy your storms i love storms uh we have for the last couple of months or so we haven't even hit a dew point uh for for all that time um the uh, the temperature doesn't cool down overnight so we'll end the day at now 108 and it'll get down to to the low 80s by morning and then work its way back up again and so we haven't really hit a dew point for for you know, more than a month now and uh, recently we had uh, a terrible fire it started as a it started as a, a brush fire a grass fire that happened and then it started hitting a, an apartment complex and all that. Um, and they've started to do something that I'm not a fan of, but to deal with traffic patterns, they've created these weird patterns where where the, the, the traffic going this way and the traffic coming that way share space at one point, and it's all controlled by the lights. So you got like three different things coming together and this no man's land in the middle that's supposed to be controlled by the lights. Well, that's great, except when you need to cut off a segment of the road because they're a big ass fire. And I got to this and they had this whole section closed off and people were like, well, what the hell are we supposed to do? And I just took off this direction and managed to work my way all around it. But then I came at the other side of it where there was one of these odd patterns. And there was there, there were these poor police officers out there trying to direct this traffic. But but it was it had too many tentacles and it was just such a mess. And I felt so sorry for the people in that line over there. I had I, I got to sneak out over here and make the ride on red with the sign that said no ride on red, but there was no one to tell me to go and no one was coming, so I just went for it. But oh my lord, I saw one of those helicopters come in that uh, that had one of those water buckets on it. I wasn't sure what I was looking at at first. It it, it almost looked like there was a guy there, and I'm like. God, are they picking people up or what? But this helicopter just went zoom right into the smoke, which was just billowing up, and it was it was terrible. And and you know this fire just really really quickly got out of hand because everything's ready to burn. Hmm. Um. So my goodness gracious, that that was. I mean, I was not. The, the effect to me was negligible. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it took me an extra half hour to get to the bushes chicken. Right. That, that was the big impact for me. And I just listened to Stephen Fry along the way. I'm surprised that, that you disobeyed a law 
that you brought that well, along. Man. I, yeah, I, it was I'm one of those things. Oh, I mean, it was flashing yeah, red, right? So, so I've got to obey the rules or die. And and you you turn around and you turn right when you wasn't supposed to turn right. Oh my god! Well, you. I was I was helping really? the people behind me. Right, I was making an executive decision. And yeah, I tell you, as as we move to the point where where uh, the laws are are disingenuous, um, but but clearly this was not th- thought through as to what happens if this whole intersection closes because of something crazy. Uh, and and I I just know that that everybody trying to control that was just having their oh shit moment. Um, and uh, so there's going to be a meeting about this somewhere. I'm sure. Well, I think <laughs> Sit down that, um, and plan this out with Barbie dolls and and Tonka trucks. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think we need to to bring in our guest. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let me let me introduce our guest. Um, uh, this is going to be a lot of fun today. Um, so. Uh, well, what can I say? Uh, a founding member and former high priest of the Keepers of the Holly Chalice. That's Holly, not holy. Although it's probably holy in its own way. It is the Holly Chalice. We're going to get him to tell us a little bit about what that means. Uh, our guest host is a visionary leading the way with his teachings in a variety of topics, including astrology, psychic development, ancestry work, and more. He is an author with numerous publications, including a practical guide to psychic development and the new Llewellyn series, the Witches Sunshine series. Uh, Let's bring him in and meet Evo Dominguez Jr. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here, Evo. I'm so happy to be here. Looks like it'll be fun. Uh, I'm glad you were able to join us in your tropical paradise there. <laughs> That's not far from my from my door. It's uh, it's on our land and it's uh, about 150 feet back from where the house is. Excellent. Love it. Love it. All right, guys, you want to know what our divination is for today? Oh, yes. Yep. All right. So everybody who's been watching knows that we drink positive energy tea and we always have a divination. So today's divination is I'm a very firm believer in karma and put it this way. I get a lot of good parking spaces. <laughs> that is by Al Yo Jurgensen. Awesome. So, my wise counsel here. Mm-hmm. So, how do you believe that should apply to your lives? Well, I think I your karma ran over my dogma. <laughs> A popular uh, bumper sticker years ago. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I do believe in cause and effect and that what we do does come back to us in one way or another. But I do think that everything that happens happens for a reason, but it doesn't necessarily happen for a particular purpose. Some things are uh, not part of our life plan. They just happen to us because of all the random factors in the world. However, you can tell if somebody is making good errors because when something does happen that's bad, 
then it's actually a growthful experience rather than creating emotional scar tissue. So, and also the word karma is overused, but there's lots and lots of other other words we need to create to fill the gaps. Well, and I think also that karma is a way that some people use to avoid owning their shit. Yes. Um, the, 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 one of the things that I've become enlightened to uh, pursuing this lifestyle is that everything you do has consequences, but that mm-hmm. does not absolve you from taking actions. Mm-hmm. That, that does not mean that, that you don't sometimes have to do something and take the consequences. Uh, and sometimes you have to you have to do something that that's that's righteous. Uh, sometimes you have to draw your sword. Sometimes you have to step in front of somebody. And some right. people use karma as a metaphysical way of going not in the face, not in the face. Uh, and you, we don't have some being to take all this on for us. Uh, we have to we have to walk the path. We have to do the things, and whatever comes from it comes. Uh, and that's not something to be afraid of. Like Evo, like like you were just saying, not all consequences are bad, and even the inconvenient ones are sometimes there for good reasons. You know, I think of people in social justice situations that confront the authority and take on those consequences to pave the way for people recognizing the injustice and it gets fixed. And, and those further down the line benefit from that person stepping in front. Um, but, uh, probably doesn't feel that way at the time. Uh, I've been arrested (laughs) twice in protests, uh, where I intentionally knew I was going to be arrested. Right. fine with the consequence of being arrested and et cetera, et cetera. Not so happy about my hands being numb for three days because they intentionally tightened the zip ties too much. Um, But, but the point is I decided that it was a worthy exchange, my discomfort for what I wish to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, with me, I always believe in Newton's laws of motion, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, for every reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. Um, but the the law of karma, basically, from what I understand when I talk to my friends who are actually from India and they were actually raised with where karma actually originated, mm-hmm. they tell tell me they said um, people really don't understand in, in the Western society what karma actually is, right. and they've tried to explain it to me, and I'm not going to explain it because I cannot explain it the way they did. <laughs> All right. But I don't. Yeah. I don't yeah. believe in climate. I not just don't. Not, not, not in the sense of some punitive being or, or rewarding being making uh, calling the shots. No. Right. 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 So I'm. I'm not. I'm not one of those. But like I said, I believe in, in every reaction. There's an equal and opposite reaction. Sure. Sure. It's laws, and I also believe that things do happen for a certain purpose. Now, whether we understand that at the time doesn't really matter because there's things that's happened to me and at the time I didn't understand them and yes I was probably pissed off and 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 you know I really couldn't stand it but later down the road and this may be a few months 
and maybe even years, I've actually gone back and look at it. And I'm like, well, if that had not happened, then I would not be in this sure. place at this particular time. You know, because even obstacles, I'm even thankful for obstacles at times. Them. You know, because that that teaches me that it taught me that I had to grow. And people, this is the thing about people, and I know I've said this on the show so many times, and and my friends are like, oh, my gosh, she's going to give us a lecture again, you know, (laughs) that we do not want to change. People don't want to change. That is human nature. We want to stay where we are in our little comfort bubble. We like our comfort zone. That is the way the conditioned self is. It does not want to change. The mm-hmm. authentic self wants to broaden our horizons. We want to grow. We want to become one with spirit. And that's the only way we can do that is to be able to change and grow. And if we could schedule change, guess what? We would always reschedule it. Always reschedule it. How many times have you called the doctor's office and say, hey, I can't make it today. I need to reschedule it. And then you go back through and you're like, oh, I don't really want to go in there today. I can I call in and to the point where, oh, I'll just give you a call when I when I get to that, right? If it's a dentist or something like that. We always do that. Mm-hmm. And then change gets pissed and it's going to come and do it anyway. All right. So that's the reason why we can't, you know, schedule those things because we're always going to put it off. I'd, I'd like to so, reschedule my Mega Millions win to tomorrow. Right. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I want to do it today, you know, right now. <laughs> but one of the, the other things that, that you're bringing up here that is, I think, important is, is this highlights the need with any spiritual practice to look at it holistically. This is an area where the idea of cultural appropriation really makes sense. If you just pick karma out as a concept, outside of the whole context of that spirituality, you're missing things that fit into the whole concept there. And so if you take on anything, uh, uh, Buddhism or or uh, uh, voodoo or uh, Wicca or Christianity or anything, and you just write, you, you cherry pick these ideas, you don't go all the way into the depths, they always balance themselves out in some way, if you look at it as a whole. And if you just pick in these pieces, but not understanding the, the counterbalance there, then you've got a very warped idea of it. And, and you're not doing everything that is required to honor it. Um, so, you know, that, that I think, you know, even what you were talking about, yeah. where where karma is just really misunderstood, it's 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 an unbalanced understanding. I'm going to throw in. I'm going to jump back to Nikki's mentioning of uh, Newton's laws for a moment, because like uh, in in Norse, uh, a lot of Norse paths, there's the concept of weird and or luck, which is individual uh, fate or destiny versus collective or familial or cultural fate or destiny. And let's pretend for a moment, do you, did, when you were a kid, did you have a little red wagon that you could pull with one of those uh, uh, long handles on it? Oh, probably, yeah. probably if you're a certain age. Now, imagine that that wagon is the path that you want to take in life. And you're pulling away in the direction you think you want to go in. 
Now, mind you, you just mentioned that we don't always make the best direction choices because we're avoiding certain things. Mm -hmm. Now imagine that there are three or four, it's a magical wagon, so you can have as many many handles as it needs. Now imagine that there's like, oh, the five or six or seven people that are closest to your life and have the most impact on you. And they are each pulling on that wagon in a slightly different direction than yours. And then you begin to add like an infinite number of handles as you include wave upon wave of the whole society and world that you're in. So where that little red wagon ends up is the vector addition, the summation of the momentum and the pull of each of those people, which means it ends up where it's going to end up and may or may not be in the direction that you as an individual intended. This is the thing I'm going to say. Now, why am I saying this one? How about this? I don't believe that uh, any of the systems uh, or of, of purpose or meaning work until everybody on planet Earth is, or at least 90%, are, are awake at the wheel. Most people are partially asleep at the wheel when they're moving through their life, which means that they make choices that were not driven by by their by their choices to be born into that particular life or their spiritual guidance or anything. So they make they fall asleep and they go through the intersection and hit somebody. So I, I think that one of the reasons why it's important to try to bring everybody on in the planet to grow as much as they can is that to the degree that more people wake up and do follow the, follow their true will and their purposes, then most more things happen by synchronicity rather than random noise. All right. Right, because people really need to do their shadow work. It helps. It helps. Mm -hmm. So that way they can discover what their true purpose is, because it's like I was telling people, a lot of times, like, for example, their spirituality, just because you grew up in it doesn't mean that spirituality is for you. I was raised Catholic. It didn't stick. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> it was kind of inevitable since I was born in Cuba. <laughs> and with that, we're going to take a short break to listen to our amazing, wonderful sponsors. And we'll be right back with Witch Hat Chats. Anybody can tell you what is on a tarot or oracle card. What matters is seeing beyond what others may not be able to see and help the client to uncover what lies in the mist. What do readings from Moonlight Potions and Charms do? Wednesday, I did this ancestor reading, and it was an amazing reading. And it was a detailed reading. And I remember talking to this customer's ancestors. And it was so delightful. And he wanted some questions to be answered about the magic in his family because he didn't know and his family was mostly like most of our families are you know how everything is like hush hush when it comes to the magic in his family and he wanted to know who can he actually talk to about the history of the magic in his family and i was able to give him specifically who he can go to to talk to about that what particular deity he can actually go to to be able to help him with this and it was just an amazing reading and, and talking to his ancestors they were such a delight and they told me so much about this customer it was just an absolutely wonderful wonderful reading for him and I was just so happy 
to be able to give him this wonderful reading. It's really amazing to be able to give people these readings, these products that's really going to help them and be able to give back to the community because this is what Moonlight Posters and Charms is about. We want to help you to embrace the power of your own magic. That is what we are all about, is to help you to do that. Book now and allow our wonderful staff to take care of your spiritual reading needs. And there is so much more in our Wicked store to help you to embrace the power of your own magic. So come on in to Moonlight Potions and Charms at www.moonlightpotionscharms.com and discover the wicked things that ignite the magical passion in you. I'm Saul Ravencraft, co-host of Witch Hat Chats. I understand just how confusing and chaotic it can be to open to a path of magic and manifestation. Everything seems to turn on its head. I want to be an ally as you find the way upon your path. My studio setup will let us do readings, coaching, and exploration virtually, just as though you were sitting across the table from me. One size does not fit all, and we will work together to craft the right approaches to build your practice, your confidence, and your power using the tools of divination, magical works, and spirit connections. It's never too late to embrace a new path and emerge empowered. Go to TexasMojoMan.com and select Contact to begin. There's a message now. Let's get started working on your very good fortune. Have you wondered what spirituality is? Spirituality is limitless as it does not contain any boundaries on beliefs or practices. Spirituality's most important component is personal experience and allows one to explore it freely. Every Moving We Rise is a spiritual moving tradition as our name is our lifestyle because we are persistently rising and moving forward. We realize that everyone's spiritual journey is extremely personal but more easily traveled with reinforcement. We'll teach you to become friends with your shadow, emerge your authentic self, and give you time and space to develop your own spirituality. And when situations bump back, you'll have the entire community behind you as we are a magical family who work to sustain each other. Discover the benefits of working within a society dedicated to helping you grow on your personal path. Visit us on our website, Linktree, or Facebook page and discover why we don't fit in the box. It's Saul Ravencraft. We are here on Witch Hat Chats. I'm with Miss Nikki Kirby and Eva Dominguez Jr. Uh, Lots of fun so far. I got to ask in your introduction, it talked about you being the uh, former high priestess of the 
the holly chalice, the keepers, the holly chalice. Um, and and I want to dredge anything up if if there's some some drama here. But former, uh, why former? What what uh, what happened there? So the the coven uh, was founded in 1984, and it was really successful. It grew to the point that it got to 27 people, which is too many. So we decided it needed to hive off and create additional covens. Eventually, it got to 14 covens. So I'm still part of the tradition of which the original coven is part of, but my role is that of an elder. We have three elders, and the elders are technically members of all the covens and members of none. So we, we attend workings and rituals and celebrations. We act as ombuds people, uh, as teachers and so on. But our primary mission as an elder in our tradition is you're the glue that helps to hold covens in contact with each other and the tradition as a whole. But it's it, but it was more of a good process. I mean, not easy, I'll tell you that. Writing the charter for the tradition was, after much thinking for many, many, many months, was an entire weekend uh, locked up in a retreat center in the woods. Uh, the, and we basically said, we're not, until we finish hammering out the language and what we want the charter to look like for the tradition, we're not leaving. Thankfully, it was right. only one. Right. Now, you use the word hive off, and that, that reminds me of what bees do when, when the yeah. hive gets out of hand. They swarm. The yeah. queen goes and starts a new hive, and it is, is that somewhat the process that you're talking about here? It's a, it's a little bit more complicated, but in essence, yes. And it's actually very close to what a bee would do, because uh, when, when a hive gets too crowded, uh, the bee will, the queen bee will fly off with about half the hive. And in the hive, there will already be laid eggs that will turn into new queens. And they'll, they'll tussle it out to see which one takes over. But here's the thing about that wisdom. So when we, most of our new covens are created by people that have already been in the role of running covens as a, as a high priest, high priestess, high priestess, uh, you know, we have non-binary options as well. So that basically the person already knows the hard parts leaves to start training and bringing up people from scratch. The people that are newly minted in the role of, of clergy or running covens inherit the stability of the coven that they were brought up in. And that makes for a lot more stability. We also don't do the uh, covens separate from each other and don't deal with each other. Uh, all of our covens are in regular contact with each other. Uh, we, we encourage cross-training. We, we send students to each other and actually, you don't get a third degree in our tradition from your from your clergy and your coven. They present your case to the uh, collected body of, 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 of thirds and up, uh, elders or fourths. And we interview the person. And if they get a majority vote of, of the uh, thirds and up, then they become clergy in our tradition. And it's, so it's not up to two individuals or one individual. And it says smack dab in the middle of our charter. The clergy of a coven does not own it. It is the property of the tradition and the people who are the members. And there have been times that we've uh, nudged people out of the tradition from that were leadership roles because they weren't doing a good job. And in some cases, they stay and get their get their act together. In other cases, they depart, and that's okay. In some ways, this almost sounds like the Dread Pirate Roberts approach to uh, to evolving a coven and to to changing leadership. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, it is. And, and I, I like the reference. I, I'm going to say that that uh, when we Keepers of the Holy Chalice functioned for six years as a coven before we decided it was time to split and evolve into into more covens. 
because we figured at that point we were actually in existence longer than many of the covens that we'd observed uh, in our region. Because after all, coven years and lodge years are kind of like cat and dog years. They uh, six years is a long time to have a stable magical group. Yeah, and then now you know, but since 1984, we've been at it. So, some things are working. See, folks, it can be done. It can be done. You can do this without poking each other in the eye. Or at least figure out ways to uh, make amends when that happens. Yeah, but enough. it also takes a lot of cooperation and a lot of work and and also a lot of um, communication, I, I believe, right? There's an annual retreat for the whole tradition. All members are welcome. And also there are regular in-person or Zoom calls for anybody who's uh, running a coven so that they can get support or get a clue by four if they're if they're going because they'll go am i doing this right why is this problem happening and people will chime in and say well this has happened to me and this is what i did wrong which i think you may be doing wrong nice so it's everybody needs a peer group that can call them on their problems (laughs) (laughs) we can say shit here okay we can say it's a valuable thing it's a valuable thing yeah, because I mean, when you're in front of a group or having to run a group, that is not easy. No, it is not easy, especially when you've got a bunch of people and they want to act like, hey, this is high school. No. <laughs> you know, one of the reasons why we uh, actually are the, third, the the second degree ritual for our covens was written in a way that makes it impossible in most cases for any one coven to pull it off requires too many talented people and too many complex roles. So you always end up inviting a ritualist clergy from the other covens in the tradition to help it happen. And one of the things was we did, a lot of covens or small magical groups, it's not just covens, suffer from the nuclear family danger. When it's just, you know, tight little group of people, things can get off the rails really fast. So we have an extended family model where you have plenty of people. You've been to the other coven's rituals. You've been to their workshops. Some of them have been to yours. So you have a sense of what's normal and what's reasonable. And you have an other group of people you can say, hey, what do you think about this? Do you think I should complain about this? Am I, or am I just being, being uh, uh, wanting everything easy? And, pe- and sometimes it's, no, you know, you need to talk to the elders about it. And other times it's like, no, you need to buckle down because... Any true magical growth and change is going to be unpleasant and painful and hard at times. There's no way around that. Right. Uh, but if other people are telling you what's normal pain and what's not normal pain, that helps. Sure. And um, so I'm hearing and mm-hmm. I'm seeing that you are um, writing that series of the Sun series with Llewellyn. Yep. And so why is it important that each person needs to know about the about their um, sun sign and everything that goes with it? You know what? And, and I'm going to say that people that are magical folks are in a special position because theoretically we're developing the tools and the capability to call, dismiss, reinforce, modify our own energy, right? Mm-hmm. But this gives you a different language for how to look at your energy. In astrology and in magic, the sun is your your divine spark. It's the core of it's who it's where you come from. It's it's the source within. Now, we're each of us is made out of all 12 signs in the same way that some people will say, and I do, that we're made out of the four elements. 
Well, you can think of the 12 signs as being like, like elements in the sense that they're a way of naming component parts. But regardless of anything, your power always comes through your source first, and then it's distributed to all the other parts of you. So if your sun sign tells you the default flavor, when you pull for energy from within or, or call upon energy from without, and remember like calls to like, you're going to draw in uh, that element of that energy and also that modality because the signs have three modalities and four elements, three times four. That's why there's 12 signs. And the books are a way to get in touch with that power within and also to look at the traits that are associated with your sign and both. And I also include a lot of magical stuff. Half of the books written by me, about a little over a third of the book is written by a second author that is of that sign. So we have the personal lived experience of somebody from each sign. And then the short pieces are from people of that sign. So it's that you can get us to like, okay, and there's you go through the qualities and you go, and which of these am I choosing to express? Which of these am I holding back? I have every single, I'm a Sag, I have every single Sag trait in me. They're not all explicit and manifest. And part of that is my experience in life and my upbringing. But the point is, the more you know about that, the more you have a chance to control it or use it in a good way. And I, each book also talks about what your moon sign does and your rising. And honestly, there, you know, we, we had to kind of like narrow it down because otherwise each book would turn into its own little encyclopedia. And it's, it's enough to crank out 12 within a reasonable time frame. I hope that answered it. Yeah, you know, and, and when they were coming out, I was like, okay, for me, I'm a Scorpio. It's going to be one. Right, right. I, of course, and, I'll, and I always think Scorpios are the best. <laughs> right? No, nothing wrong with thinking well of your sun sign. <laughs> and, and it says Scorpio, the Scorpio witch is supposed to come out, in, I believe, in March. And I'm like, why is it going to come out in March? Should it be coming oh, out like in November? So, okay, well, there was a long discussion about that. And part of it is money and logistics. Uh, I mean, I, my original proposal was that they come out during the time in the year that is related to the sign because people think that's natural. Though these books are perennial. They're, they're not like annuals that are only good for that year. They're forever books, right? And most people, I hope, will be going back to them and rereading the, the essays or the, or the spells or whatnot and coming back to them. But so the other bit is that a publisher can only crank out so many books at a time without blocking and neglecting other authors whose books are in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. So what they decided to do was to start dropping them three every catalog uh, and and the minute they were done, begin to drop them. You know, there was also a proposal, well, let's wait until all 12 are done and drop them all at once. Wouldn't that be better in a lot of ways? And, the, and one, that would mean that there'd be no other books published during that catalog. It would take up almost all the titles. And that's not fair. There's another problem. I was given a very tight time frame. Ideally, this whole series from start to finish was being written in 14 months, mm. uh, including tracking down co-authors and, and, the, and the short bits. And honestly, working with over 100 people by the time the project is done is probably more work than the writing part. Yes. Yes. But the reason is that, you know, I love technology. But if when if the word had gotten out that there was a series in process, we would have been beat to the punch by 12 books cranked out by an AI and and uh, lightly edited by a human being. And honestly, there are a lot of books that I, I will not 
I'm not, not at liberty. I actually signed a non-disclosure agreement, but I'm not at liberty to say, but there are books that uh, were planned by mainstream full, full-fledged publishers like Weiser and Llewellyn, who were, when, when it was heard that somebody was researching or interviewing people about something, boom, instantly, like two months later, there are books about that for sale on Amazon written by, you know, not humans. Right. So it was kind of like a dicey thing. And I understand the frustration because, and that's the story of why. I will say, though, that, that the, the series proved itself in a, in a funny way. When I was sending out letters and getting people to respond and write their pieces, the Aries people were lickety-split getting back to me. Gemini people asked 3,000 million questions. Um, they were like all true to form. The cancer people, some of them that I really wanted wouldn't do it because I don't want to disclose that much about myself, yada, yada. So it was interesting the way that um, people, it, it was almost like an unplanned uh, experiment in that the way the, the process for the books was was indicating that, oh, there is some connection to how they function in day to day life because of their sun sign. Love that. And I love, you know, I know most of the people that have written for it, not all, but most of them. Yeah, it's just like I always say that Scorp- Scorpios, they always yeah. get the worst. Oh, there, there, you know, I, I would. There are a couple of signs that that get bad rap, and Scorpio is certainly one of them. And uh, I have a Scorpio moon, so I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I will say that uh, astrology should be used as a tool for developing who you are and getting more tools so that you can work your magic and work your life. And I, I am not happy when I see astrology being used as an infinite source for rationalizing every bad thing you, or every poor choice, or I can't do that, I'm blah, 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 or, or that makes my, my poor little Piscean heart hurt too bad, or whatever it may be. It's, it's, that's not what it's for. That's not what it's for. Right, right. And to me, the, the value of connecting with your astrology is it, it helps you see where your strengths are, where your challenges are, and you can reroute some of your challenges through your strengths. You absolutely can. You absolutely can. Or you can, you can intend as a witch or magical practitioner or spiritual person of some sort, you can intentionally call upon and summon the energies that you would like to emphasize and also put a kibosh on the ones that you don't. And this is, this is not just a, a reactive or a, uh, a destined or fated process. It's about working the energy in the same way that honestly, you probably already uh, figure out what's going on in your life when you're trying to do magical working of some kind or another. What are the energies available? What what are the what are the resources available? How can I turn what's available to to a benefit? Because remember, you know, the future is always headed in some direction or another, and it's usually not the ideal form of the fu- of the future. Otherwise, we wouldn't bother with divination. <laughs> It's so you can get a warning and figure out how to, it, I'm going to use a sailing metaphor. It's like you can figure out how to tack the sails back and forth. So regardless of which way the wind is going, you can still end up where you want to be. Well, and, and I, I liked what you said about people thinking of it as, as fated, F-A-T-E-D. And we yeah, can yeah. transform that, that imposition into uh, fated, F-E-T-E-D. Uh, yes. where we celebrate yes. these things. Celebrating. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm also telling people that if they get into it and want to know more about astrology, it'll be a good set of books to uh, learn about each of the signs. 
Uh, I know people that are buying the, the book that it's also their their uh, child or their partner's sign so they can understand them better. Collect the whole set? Well, and honestly, uh, I, I have a not-so-hidden agenda of trying to introduce as many magical people to the use of astrology in a magical way and to adapt it for their own practices because, you know, you've probably heard of the, the old uh, uh, language's power and the naming of things gives a certain amount of access or resonance or power. Well, when you call upon the elements, you have a sense of what those are. Mm-hmm. When you reach the place where the 12 signs are just as vivid and crisp as an element or another quality, then you can summon and call and, and engage with that power in a direct way. And to my way of thinking, I'm a little bit of an animist among other things, that the 12 signs are also 12 big honking spirits that are as old as humanity or actually older because I think they predate us. And there's something that is a reservoir of, of uh, information and wisdom and folly. Uh, the 12 signs are the are the uh, faces of human wisdom and human folly. Yeah, the, the one thing about astrology that um, was the reason why I only know like basics is because yep. of math and even though i'm very good at math i just don't like to use it <laughs> i understand well well i will tell you the books were written to not for astrologers but for witches or practitioners um, too many books on astrology and, and i am an astrologer are written for other professionals in the trade rather than or people that are studying to be astrologers rather than people that just want to be able to use it right or it turns into the fluffy so, stuff so um where can- all right so where can our people be able to reach you at it's really easy i mean my whole last name evo dominguez jr.com that takes you to my website and though i am on facebook and twitter or whatever it's or whatever twitter's going to end up being uh and uh and instagram you know if you want to know where i'm teaching next or if you want to get some of the free goodies and content that i've got it's on my website go there that's stable social media is always in flux and you can see where I'm teaching next. Well, thank you so much for being yeah. on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. A lot of fun. It's a real conversation. Yeah, and it was fun. Especially knowing that Scorpios are the best. or the fabulous ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, def- they're definitely full of intense energy and mystery. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, and we're the ones that are best in certain areas. Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> I got to get, we got to get off here. <laughs> okay, so that's all for our show today. So embrace your power, support your community, and keep your fuzzy babies, your friends, family, and yourself safe and have an absolute Magical week. You have been listening to Wits Hack Chats. Host, Miss Nikki Kirby. Co-host, Saul Ravencraft. Guest host, Eva Dominguez Jr. Executive producer, Nikki Kirby. Producer, Saul Ravencraft. Video Editors, Magical Miss Entertainment, Miss Made Productions, Witch Hat Chats Theme Song, The Middle Witch, 
by Serena Janini. Magical Myths Entertainment. This made production. Sponsored by Ever Moving We Ride. Moonlight Places and Charms. Texas Mojo Man. Copyrighted 2020 through 2022 by Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chats. Trademark All Rights Reserved. All material of Witch Hat Chats is a trademark of Nikki Kirby and Magical Myths Entertainment. This podcast is for information only and is not an offering of sale to any security of Witch Hat Chats trademark or its project or its affiliates. All video, audio, and music are the property of Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chats trademark and may not be disclosed, distributed, or reproduced without the express written permission of Nikki Kirby and Witch Hat Chats trademark.